This week on The Swear Wolves, we discuss the 1990 remake of George A. Romero's classic, Night of the Living Dead. the swear wolves i'm brett i'm david david yes brett how are you my friend i'm very good how are you i'm doing all right doing all right i um i i was messaging you about this and and you said you wanted to like uh, talk about it oh yeah uh, no i changed my mind i don't want to talk about that now okay (laughs) so uh let's get on to the movie uh no i was out at uh, an antique mall recently this kind of it's not really horror related so just bear with me but uh david you can appreciate this because of the level of detail and work that you went through for your specifically your McCready costume, yeah, yeah, and uh, the attention to detail and going online and finding like, okay, what was the exact? I, I'll give you for instance the tape recorder, right? Like, what was the exact what was the model t- number? Yeah, yeah, GE tape recorder model number, and then even the tape, <laughs> right? That he used, right? Like you have the exact type of tape. That, yeah, and like going that, online, researching it, like popping the movie in and pausing it. Yeah, seeing screenshots, zooming stuff. in, so, anyway. enhance, enhance. <laughs> He's not wearing any underwear. Um, <laughs> it's Doctor Copper's balls. <laughs> Doctor Copper's balls. Um, but uh, I was out in an antique store with my wife. We were just kind of putzing around. And uh, this this antique store, by the way, was billed at, at, as it sold like oddities. Ah, so that's why we went there. Curiosities and what have you. Yeah. So we went there mm. and uh, they had, I mean, oddities, I guess, like stuffed animals, like not stuffed animals, but, but odd like, ones. Like, like they had dicks. Um, what's it called? Like when you, when you kill a. Oh, fucking, like taxidermy and stuff. Taxidermy. Thank okay. you. So they had a bunch of like taxidermy out there. They had some old like, uh, you know, old Halloween masks and kind of like creepy stuff like that, but way overpriced out of my budget. So I walked to like the antique store part of this oddities shop mm-hmm. and was just walking around and there sitting on the shelf. It was like, uh, just like, ding, and like a little shining light. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was this ceramic kangaroo ah. and I saw it and I go, that was from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> And my wife goes, well, it kind of looks like it. And I go, no, that's that's Pulp the Fiction. one. I go, that's the one from Pulp Fiction. And I quickly did a Google search and I pulled up the image. Um, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, uh, Pulp Fiction is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> Maybe you heard of it. It was nominated for a bunch of Oscars and because of fucking Forrest Gump, it didn't win. But anyway, I digress. The One of the main characters, Bruce Willis's character of Butch, has a ceramic kangaroo on his nightstand, and that's where he keeps his father's gold watch. And so I uh, looked at it, and I saw that there was a cer- ceramic kangaroo, and I was like, that's the one. And I was like, how much do they want for it? And I must it was $10. Have it. 10 bucks? 
10 bucks, but it was 20% off. So it was actually $8. Nice. So uh, after tax, it was nine and some change, I think. And so then I got it home and I, I sent you a picture of it. And then uh, I was like, God damn it. Now I need to get a fucking gold watch. <laughs> Not just any gold watch. I can't just get any old gold watch, right? Yeah. You can't get Timex. No. A digital watch with a no. gold band. I have to get the gold watch. Like, I could put my Apple watch on there, right? But that does, that's not <laughs> So, in the movie Pulp Fiction, the story goes, it's this whole monologue that Christopher Walken gives about how um, Butch, Butch's great-great-grandfather fought in World War One and bought this watch and brought it home. And then he gave it to his son, who went and fought in World War Two, and his son got shot down. But anyway... The watch ends up in Butch's father's <laughs> hands and then his ass. Mm-hmm. And then Christopher Walken's ass. <laughs> and then Christopher Walken's ass because Butch's father died and Christopher Walken said he was going to make Honor, sure that like the birthright. Yeah. Yeah. And now Butch has it. And uh, he has to go back and get the watch because his girlfriend didn't grab it. Yeah. And uh, he goes back to get it and chaos ensues. Let's say it's the whole reason a certain character winds up dead all because of that watch. Yeah, you can say it. John Travolta. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, been time enough. Past. <laughs> yeah. yeah, almost 30 years at this point. <laughs> I was senior in high school. Mm-hmm. This movie came out, Pulp Fiction. And I saw it three times in the theater. I saw it on opening night. I was excited to see it. I didn't know who the fuck Quentin Tarantino was, yeah. but I knew who John Travolta was. And I, for some reason, was like, I like compelled. John Travolta. Like, I want to see this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I fucking fell in love with that movie. I fell in love with Quentin Tarantino and all of his subsequent films and uh, Reservoir Dogs, which was prior to this. I fell in love with it and I was just like, yeah, I see, I didn't see Pulp Fiction until it was out like on DVD, which took a while. Yeah. The the movie had been out for quite a while by the time I got to see it. Yeah. So anyway, I looked up online, this gold watch, what make a model? Well, there was an article that I found from the prop master from Pulp Fiction. There was uh, online forums. We were talking about that before we started recording. There's like this online forum of people that recreate props from movies and they, you know, do what David said, you know, take still images. Yeah, it's super and geeky them. stuff, but it's fun. Yeah. And then there was a big controversy over what watch band was used, what color the watch band is. Some people say it's uh, gold or bronze, and some people say it's silver because in certain shots it looks silver, in certain shots it looks gold. It's an illusion. It's like that dress thing. Yeah. But anyway, here's the gold. Here's the kangaroo. It's a fine-looking marsupial you got there. And he's carrying the gold watch, and I have it now. You stick that watch up your ass for authenticity? For authenticity, I actually called Christopher Walken. I said, would you mind doing me a favor? (laughs) (laughs) So the kangaroo actually is something that someone would keep on their nightstand. It's from 1954, because I looked at the bottom of it. I believe it says 1954. Oh, it's on the back. 1956. Excuse me. I was off by two years. But it's like something uh, uh, probably a man would have kept on their dresser drawer or whatever. And the tail is there to hang the watch on. And there's the pouch, which is like a change to put your oh, change you in. you can put stuff in the pouch? That's cool. Yeah. And then there's a side compartment um, that you would put your wallet in. Oh, that's cool. I want one now. <laughs> They're actually, you can find reproductions of them um, and stuff online. They're not that expensive. They're more expensive than $10. But um, <laughs> now, if I was going to do it, I'd get the real deal. Yeah. It's cool. I'm going to break into your house, stick that kangaroo <laughs> up my ass, and waddle out the front door. 
the, oh, the perfect so crime. another thing. So then, uh, of course, there's a song that plays in the movie right after oh, he gets yeah. his watch, which is Flowers on the Wall by the Statler Brothers. And David goes, well, you got to get that 45. So yeah, I went out and got that for the jukebox. I got it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to it while you're wearing your watch and singing the song? I, well, uh, the jukebox is in the other room, so I got to like quickly run back and forth. <laughs> like, turn it up really loud. <laughs> With the watch in your butt. My wife's like, why don't you just bring the kangaroo downstairs? And I'm like, well, because the kangaroo is where it should be. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't do any of that. Did you stick the watch uh, up your ass, but leave the armband on so it's hanging out? <laughs> Fucking anal beads. Uh, yeah. So that was my adventure. That's this awesome. Last, That's really uh, cool. Weekend, and you were very helpful. So I thank you. Like you were very encouraging. You're like, yes, do ev- do all of this. <laughs> do all of those things. <laughs> I like Spend spending other money. people's money. Yeah, I I do too. Um, speaking of spending money. If, I, have you gotten your latest issue of Fangoria? I did. Yet? I got it yesterday or maybe the day before. Uh, Fangoria, who doesn't sponsor this at all, uh, put together puts together these beautiful magazines. And I was just looking through this before we got on the call. And this is like one of the more interesting issues. Yeah, I haven't really read it. I just kind of thumbed through it the other day. Yeah. There's just some good articles in there. So, yeah. Uh, you should uh, subscribe to I look forward to perusing it the next time I defecate. <laughs> Dude, is that where you keep them? You no, keep them in no. your shitter? <laughs> I actually keep them, uh, you know, the, I, I have a, my coffee table in my living room is a coffin and that you can yeah. open up and yeah, I keep all my Fangoria's inside the coffin. Oh, nice. Uh, do you ever go to people's houses and they do, they have magazines in their shitter? Yeah. I've seen that before. It's like, oh, it's odd. Well, it's not necessarily odd. I get it, but it's like. I mean, like you go in there and you specifically read these magazines, like yeah, like after you've read it, does it go back on the shelf, or do you yeah. you toss it and put a new one there? And is that for yeah. everyone? Yeah, and are we putting new magazines in there, or are we like we're done reading it in this room, so we'll just put it yeah, in the now, bathroom? Now we don't care if there's poop particles on the paper. Yeah, because it's the only ar- the only articles that we haven't read are the shitty ones, and so we'll put them mm-hmm. where people take shit. Yeah. And then that's when you read the shitty articles because you're like, well, I've read everything else in this. Yeah, yeah. That's when you get most of your reading done. And when also when you d- uh, try to d- determine the next cologne you want to purchase, you just take the little sample out and yep. rub it on yourself. It also cloaks the, the smell of feces. And realistically, we have cell phones now. Yeah. I mean, I'm on my phone. That's what I do when I'm... I know. You when, take pictures when and you send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you have any news, David? Anything going on in your life, uh, horror or not related? Mm, not really. Just been buying a lot of, like you mentioned, you're getting a new record. I've been buying a shit ton of records lately. So that's kind of been, yeah, you've been that's kind of been my been, thing. Uh, I got to slow down. On. My poor mailman, he's got to like come to my door every day because I got to sign for one that's like shipped from overseas or something. Yeah, you've been ordering some good ones though. Yeah, I got a couple like original Nirvana records. I saw that. Yeah. yeah lots of Beastie Boys stuff. Just a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It been is. enjoying listening because you have a whole new setup. Yeah, it's nice. So that's kind of been something I've been doing a lot of evenings now is pour myself a, a beverage and then just, yeah, listen to music. Got a couple of conventions coming up here too um, that we may or may not go to. I'm going to two conventions uh, in New Jersey. Nice. Um, I'll be sending in Atlantic, you stuff. Yeah. One's in Atlantic City and one's um, Cherry Hill. So... Um, my wife and I are going to go to both of them to 
together. But uh, the Atlantic City one, we're spending the whole weekend there. Oh, cool. The Cherry Hill one, we're just going for the first day. When are those? March. March, like, oh, I don't know. They're yeah, two yeah, weeks yeah, apart yeah. from each other. Yeah. Okay. That's right. It is in March because I checked the dates because I'm taking my wife to see Taylor Swift. And I was like, oh, is that the same weekend? Because there's still a chance I might come out for that one. But I think they're like a week apart. So, Oh, you might come out for the... Uh, Maybe. It seems like flight prices have really been coming down. So if I can find a good deal... For the Cherry Hill one, the one with Rose McGowan? Yeah. Yeah. I might come out for that one. Well, well we're only we'll going see. Friday on that one. Okay. But, and but if, if I did, come- I would just do... Because I don't want to you know, pay for several nights hotel. I'd probably just do one night or two. Oh. We'll see. All right. This is all. This yeah. is all very new. Yeah, very new to me too. Uh, so yeah, Rose McGowan's going to be there. Great yeah, opportunity cool. to get her to sign the screen poster. If it's anything like when I met David Arquette there uh, this past summer, uh, we'll be waiting in line for eight hours. Yeah, it'll be an all day thing. Enjoy. <laughs> but we'll make good friends with somebody. In fact, uh, there was a gentleman that I made friends with in line for uh, David Arquette, who I saved his spot in line. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I remember that. And uh, he messaged me. He goes, Rose McGowan's going to da-da-da, um, whatever, Monster Mania, are you going? And I was like, yeah, we're going on Friday. And he's like, oh, I'll be there on Saturday. Because he's like a big uh, Charmed fan. Oh, like, okay. He was a fan of that show. And he's got this book, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Him and my wife were talking about it. But it's this book. And he's got Shannon Doherty's signature in it. And I think, uh, I don't know if he has Alyssa Milano. But that's Rose cool. McGowan. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch that show. Did you watch Charmed? No, I've never seen a single episode. Although, for whatever reason, the gym that I used to go to, like in the mornings, yeah. like on the TV, like, you know, usually at the gym, like they'll play like sports or the news. Or news. This one always yeah. had like, was that on the CW or something? Mm-hmm. Whatever channel yeah. it was on, it always had that on. So like I saw many episodes of Charmed silently. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, read I, some closed captioned uh, episodes uh, of Charmed. <laughs> I've, I've probably seen an episode like in the background, but I never really got into it. Like, yeah. uh, I don't think it's for my, I'm not, I don't think I'm the target demographic. No, like that show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like all those popular uh, shows. I've never seen a single episode of any of I've them. I've never, I, I think I saw one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I'm not saying it's a bad show. I just, it was, wasn't for me, yeah, especially yeah, just, at the time. Yeah. Same. Whatever. Anyway, there's those conventions. There's a convention down in Atlanta um, that I can't go to. Uh, because it actually, well, it's this month yeah, and it actually falls on my wedding anniversary. My wife said, go, if you want to go, go. And I was like, that's hmm. a trick question. Husband that's of the t- year over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a trap. <laughs> Stepping in that one. <laughs> no, I, I just was like, I'm not going to go on our anniversary. That's, yeah. that's so ridiculous. I go, uh, conventions come and go. Exactly. And you'll get opportunities to meet these people again for the most part. Yeah. But then there's uh creepy con. Yeah, and that's one I might go to. That's in Ontario, California. And same thing with the yeah, Atlanta one. I might go. I don't know. I'm probably yeah. not going to go, but I don't know. A couple nights yeah. ago, I was really thinking about it, and I found a yeah. really good deal, but it was one of those where they fucking trick your ass, like where it looks like it's dirt cheap, and then you go to the next screen, and it's like, oh, pick your seat, and that's like an extra $20, and like, yep. are you bringing a bag? And you're like, yeah, like that'll be another $60, and then it has <laughs> like all these fees. you plan on breathing on this flight? Yeah, the whole thing like ended up at, like adding like an additional $100 or so, and I was like, that's stupid. Yeah. And then plus, wasn't it like uh, it was frontier? 10 hours? I've I've heard nothing but shitty things about. Wasn't it like they rerouted you everywhere? Oh yeah, like one of like one Honolulu of them first. Uh, yeah, then... like yeah, I had to fly to Chicago, from oh. Phoenix to Chicago, and then Chicago down to Atlanta, and it was going to be like a, an eleven-hour ordeal. Listen, I love Chicago as a city. I have nothing against Chicago. Um, oh, but the, yeah, the airport's terrible. Chicago <laughs> Both O'Hare. Of them. 
Yeah, Midway is not good either. But Chicago O'Hare Airport specifically, awful. Yeah, and it was, and I think it was through O'Hare. If you have to do trans flight transfers, I don't think I've flown through Chicago and not had a delay, a gate change, <laughs> something wrong, numerous amounts of things yeah. wrong. It's a, it's an ordeal. And Chicago's also a fucking shit show. Yeah, and I don't think I'm going to do it. And it's one of those things, too. It's like the hassle's not worth it. Like, I'll pay the extra $100 and just have a normal flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, all right. Well, good. That's our news. We're out of here. No. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> I picked this week's movie because uh, I was actually scrolling through various streaming services. And I think you do this as well. We go through and you just see what what's new that mm-hmm. they have for her. In fact, there's actually, um, I don't know who tweets it, but like every month somebody tweets and they show what's new. Oh, like horror. all the horror movies that are coming out on different platforms. Yeah. It might be yeah. bloody disgusting or something something like that or Fangoria. One of those, one of them. But, uh, so that's nice, but I still go through and just kind of scroll through and see, maybe yeah. I've missed something, you know? And, uh, I was on, was it Hulu? Yeah. It's on Hulu. I was on Hulu and I saw night of the living dead. 1990 Mm. and i've wanted to review that one in fact we've wanted to review that i think we talked about doing it like even with when alan was on the show because uh alan suggested it but it was hard to find a copy that's right yeah because it hadn't been streaming and uh, you couldn't find a dvd it was out of it was out of print yeah i did end up finding a dvd copy of it uh at zia records one time but i put it back i was gonna say maybe it was mine because i think that was one of the ones i got rid of (laughs) well i i picked it up looked at it kept it in my hands and then like every time i go to a store i just put everything back and i leave without buying i do that all the time at the record store i have like a whole stack and i'm like wow i'm dropping a lot of money today and then i walk out with nothing yeah i'm like "Eh." speaking of which oh dropping a lot of money i was at uh target yeah. Last night with my wife and we were walking around, um, you know, we had gotten everything, um, we were there to get. And then of course you still look around and I go back to the NECA section and I always look and see if they got any new toys in or whatnot. Uh, they didn't have anything, but I walk by the electronics and I always look, do they have a PS five there? And they sure as shit had a PS five sitting right there. Oh shit. Sale. Did you grab it? No. <laughs> You're like, I carried it around for a bit and then I put it back. <laughs> I looked at it. I said, my God, they have a PS5. My wife goes, do you want to, do you want to get it? And I was like, oh. she goes, cause I fully support that. And I was like, why do you have to be so cool? <laughs> like, <laughs> but there's a lot of other things I could spend almost right. $700 on because it was $600 for the system plus tax and all that kind of shit. You're, yeah. And you got to get mean, games for it. Yeah. And then I have to get games for it. So I'm like, fuck, <laughs> but there it was sitting right there. I was like, fuck. Oh, well, regardless, you'll get one eventually. We hadn't reviewed Night of the Living Dead 1990. We reviewed Night of the Living Dead, uh, of course, many moons ago. But um, Night of the Living Dead 1990 was one that eluded us. And there it was streaming. So I said to David, we should do that for our next one. Um, I have never I had never at that point seen the 1990 version. Oh, so this was the first first watch for you. First watch. Nice. Uh, I, I assume that you have because you owned it on DVD. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. So um, we'll go ahead and just get started here. Night of the Living Dead did come out in 1990, October 19th, 1990. What, David, was the number one film in the theater? I'm going to go with uh, a little Unchained Melody, uh, a movie called Ghost. It's a good guess. Wrong. It's a good guess. It's a good guess. It's wrong. <laughs> 
but it's a good guess. And and uh, I really like that movie, Ghost. I've only seen the movie one time, but I liked it. Yeah. yeah. No, my mom loved it. Yeah, I think and my so mom my did da- too. Of course. Everybody's mom, <laughs> everybody's mom, mom liked that it. movie. But um, my dad, or my stepdad at the time, um, dubbed, like he rented it and dubbed it onto another VCR or whatever. So she had her own copy of Ghost. Nice. And she watched it actually quite a bit. <laughs> she was obsessed. She was like, it's actually kind of weird. Not now like that every day, it. but she was like, I'm going to watch Ghost. That was a huge, like, that was a huge deal, that movie. Yeah. Not big enough to be the number one movie this weekend mm. in the box office. This weekend in the box office, a little flick with Steven Seagal called Marked for Death. Okay. Wow. Have you ever seen Marked for Death? <laughs> no, but number one, huh? Must have been a slow week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steven Seagal movies, I mean, listen, the early ones, Marked for Death, Out for Justice, those movies were good. Yeah, some of those movies were, yeah, they were kind of fun. I mean, if you like shitty action films, they're good. Was he in uh, Executive Decision? That was Seagal, right? Executive Decision was... It's one that got Kurt Russell in it. Seagal. Okay. Yeah, that was movie, it Seagal? That, I think yeah, so. Yeah, it was Seagal. He dies fun. at the beginning. I don't remember. Steven yeah, I think Kurt Russell's the good guy, right? And uh, Steven Seagal's another good guy, and I think he dies at the beginning. I don't know. Did I ever tell you about the time I saw Steven Seagal uh, in Hollywood, like just walking down the street? No. <laughs> yeah. Go so ahead. I was with a couple of friends, and one of them like yells, "He's like, dude, that's Steven Seagal over there!" And we look over, we're like, "No, that's not Steven Seagal. That guy's like in way worse shape than Steven Seagal would be." And then we look. What year was this? This was like uh, maybe ten years ago. And okay, he put on yeah. some poundage, um, but we uh-huh. got closer and we're like, yeah, that's absolutely him. Like, we didn't talk yeah. to him or anything. Something tells me he's a total dick. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan anyway. So I was like, eh, leave him be. Did he have the jet black dyed hair? Yeah. And the and the fake hair? The, the <laughs> wig? He's got a wig. Oh, does he? Where's a piece? Oh, fuck. It's so, it's so fucking it's real obvious. Bad. Oh. I'll have to check it out. I'm usually pretty good at spotting those. But back in the day... Like back in lean, mean Steven Seagal. Oh, he was prime. a badass. He was a badass, at least on film. He was married to Kelly LeBrock. He was, I mean, it's fucking weird science. Yeah, he had it going on. And he's in the number one movie on October 19th. <laughs> Mark for Death, Death, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Mark for Death was good. I like that one. Um, the number one song then uh, this week, which along the same lines of marked for death kind of being obscure like why well, oh, i would okay. never think that i picked a song that was not obscure i picked you can't touch this by mc hammer that's not that but that song was number one with me for a long time yeah me as well i was like i was like an mc hammer fan oh, dude i was obsessed i had the like the lines shaved in the side of my head i had I all that shit that. i had british knights I, I knew my place in is the hierarchy in school that like if I went to school like that I would get picked on to nowhere <laughs> beat the tormented. shit out of you. <laughs> yes, but secretly at home I was like I got the tape cassette for uh, my birthday. Yeah, please hammer don't thinking, hurt him. Oh yeah, I was listening to that all the time, dancing in my room. Yeah, you were doing the little <laughs> sideways thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. Do you remember when oh. people were like uh people were like MC Hammer challenged Michael Jackson to a dance off? <laughs> yes. Was that a real thing or was that just like a like some sort of urban legend thing? Cuz yeah, it I heard I heard that too. Legend. Who would care? Yeah. Like, and like Michael Jackson would have destroyed him. Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> you're like you were, so you were firmly on the Michael Jackson. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Michael Jackson has like three moves: grab, dick, spin around, <laughs> do moonwalk. Those are yeah. that's it. He's got some robot moves too, though. You can do that yeah, pop and lock but shit. You don't think MC Hammer can do the fucking robot? MC Hammer was doing the yeah, fucking Running so. Man, the Cabbage Patch, the Roger <laughs> Rabbit, all that shit. <laughs> fucking Roger Rabbit. <laughs> now I want to see this goddamn dance off. That sounds <laughs> yeah, that. it'd be pretty epic. Before you had to go up now, please Hammer, don't hurt him. Yeah, <laughs> please Hammer. Ow! Don't hurt him. This is for the children. <laughs> um, okay, so you know how like in. Um, there was a Rocky movie uh, called uh, Bel- Rocky Balboa. Yeah. It was yeah. like the sixth yeah, Rocky it was good. movie, I think. Yeah, it was good. But uh, they're like, oh, is so-and-so better than oh, this Oh, yeah, they have champ. like the simulator thing. The yeah. Simulated fight. We need yeah. to do a simulator dance contest. Michael Jackson versus MC Hammer. Hey, throw Vanilla Ice in there. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Someone's got to get beat <laughs> out of the first round. <laughs> but we have enough like AI technology to where we can load in like all the clips of them dancing that the AI can spit out. This is what this, this person is what a dance would dance off like, would look like to this song. This needs to happen, David. It does. I'm calling on the world. Look, we need a little, and the song that they little. dance to should be whatever the number one song was of what is it super danceable this week? Oh no, it's not danceable at all. <laughs> the number one song was praying for time by George Michael. <laughs> No, that does not ring a bell. I'm sure I've heard it. No. But, but you have. By title. Meant. So George Michael came out with this album called uh, Listen Without Prejudice, Volume 1. And um, that had uh, Freedom, 1990 mm, on there. Yeah, yeah. And that was when George Michael was kind of like, fuck the critics, mate. Oh, fuck all you. I'm not in Wham anymore. I'm not shaking my tush. Fuck you. <laughs> Wham. <laughs> You go wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Oh my dick. I'm doing this album and I'm gonna be right pissed. And so he was very like musical more in this. Mm. And instead of like poppy, yeah, like Freedom 1990 is a great song. It is good and it is poppy, but it's more like saying like what I just said, like fuck you to right. the record companies and everything because you only wanted me for my image. This praying for time, it's kind of like. Uh, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, this is like uh, that song that gives David a boner by Phil Collins. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, not me. It's my, that's what my mom likes. So are you talking about? Yeah, I know. But remember on the podcast, we were talking about how oh, you yeah. get a boner. <laughs> Something's <woman>. happening. <laughs> she calls out to the, the man, man on, on the, the street. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that. It's like, okay. oh, people that are like. It's very sweet. I don't know. It brings it yeah, to but the it's eye. very musical. It's like yeah. very melodic and very like I don't know. There's a lot of music involved. Less less hooks, yeah, and more just like straight music. So it's a good song. I'm not saying it's not a good song. I'll but. have to buy an imported version of it from another country <laughs> so that my mailman has to come to my door and make me sign for it. Anyway, I don't think they could dance to that song. No, <laughs> everybody would lose, <laughs> especially us, the audience. Night of the Living Dead was written by George A. Romero, directed by Tom Savini, with music by Paul McCullough, and produced by John A. Russo and Russell Streener. Streener? I think so. So, George Romero yeah. and John Russo, they made Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, the original. The original. John Russo basically came up with the story, told it to George Romero. George Romero's like, I like it. I'll write the screenplay. He wrote the screenplay, directed this movie, and uh, the rest is history. 
cinematic history. Right. Horror cinematic history, to be precise. But uh, something happened along the way. Someone didn't dot an I or cross a T, and they lost the rights. The movie became public, public domain. domain. Yep. Anybody who's a fucking anybody can slap their name on it, sell it, can broadcast it. Yeah, and that's why like in movies, when people are watching horror movies on TV, it's almost always Night of the Living Dead because it's free. Night of the Living Dead is probably what it is 70% (laughs) of the time. And that's why a lot of people have seen Night of the Living Dead. So it was actually almost a good thing. Yeah, it made it super accessible. Made it super accessible and made George Romero a household name. Right. Obviously, he went on. Him and John Russo kind of split off from each other. John Russo, who, who, by the way, we saw at Steel City Con. Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) Um, Old. He's an old man now, but he was there talking to us. Um, But uh, they kind of split off. John Russo went the uh, Living Dead route, right? Yeah, he did Return uh, of the Living Dead, right? Return of the Living Dead. Well, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Came up with the story, I think, for it. But uh, that one guy uh, rewrote right. the script. And then George Romero went and did all the of dead. You right. know, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Streets of the Dead, Sky of the Dead, House of the Dead, <laughs> Monitor of the Dead, Podcast of the Dead. He's still making of the dead movies. Even and he's, he's dead. dead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, the only movie left to make is George of the Dead. The time was right, I guess, the story goes. Right. And he was like... I want to remake this before somebody else does because the rights, anybody can do this shit. So he went and he got uh, a movie company, whatever, whoever distributed this or produced this or whatever uh, to allow him to do this. And he couldn't direct it for whatever reason or didn't want to. So he asked Tom Savini, who Tom Savini did the special effects for Don previous Day. movies. Yeah. And uh, he trusted him, trusted Tom Savini. And so, and he's also, you know, another uh, Pittsburgh guy. Right. Yeah. He's a buddy. And so, uh, Tom Savini said, sure, I'll direct it. Directorial debut of Tom Savini. Went on to do this. Yeah. Directorial debut. So, uh, this movie stars Tony Todd as Ben, Patricia Tallman as Barbara, Tom Tolls, Tolles, Tolles, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. (laughs) Tolles. Tolles. he plays Harry. Now, uh, that guy, though, is recognizable. He plays Otis in Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, and also uh, Deputy George Wydell. That's right. In House in, of a Thousand uh, Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. Uh, McKee Anderson is Helen Cooper. Uh, oh, so Tom Tolis is uh, Harry Cooper. Um, McKee Anderson is Helen Cooper. They have a daughter. Heather Mazur is Sarah Cooper. And some other pe- people, too. Katie Finneran as Judy Rose. Judy Rose <laughs> and uh, William Butler as Tom Bittner. I mean, there's people in this movie. I guess uh, Bill Mosley as Johnny. Yeah, yeah, is. he's got a short little part. Bill Mosley's probably like the second most. I mean, Tony Todd and Bill Mosley for horror fans, we know who those guys yeah. are. Yeah. Runtime of this movie is 88 minutes with a budget of 4.2 million dollars. David, what do you think it brought in at the box office? Not much, uh, but I'll say it turned a slight profit. I'll give it like nine. It actually returned $5.8 million Ooh, in the box office. Hotbox. 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 Hot uh, so this movie did come out on home video uh, in about 1991 or 1992. You could find it Columbia TriStar home video in the U.S., 
In the front of the box, I don't know if you're familiar with what it looks like, David. It's it like might a tombstone? have been the same. No, it's uh, it just says George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, and at the bottom, um, there's like four. There's a there's an eyeball by the way in the in between. It says Night of, and then there's like a zombie eyeball, the Living Dead. Mm. Scary. And, looks, <laughs> and then there's four zombies. Mm. Or four living deads, yeah. right? They don't call them zombies. Uh, there's four zombies, though, uh, on there. And one of them is clearly Tony Todd. Like, oh. one of them is... <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Which, it's like... Spoiler. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> and then the bottom right-hand corner, there's like a banner, and it says, The Modern Remake of the Horror Classic. Back of the box, there's a quote at the very top, and it says, A must for every horror fan to see. From Dr. Donald Reed, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. So I looked into who Dr. Donald Reed was because I was like, should I trust Donald Reed? Is he a medical doctor? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of doctor yeah. is he? What kind of doctor is he? Well, Dr. Reed, he's no longer with us. He passed away. Uh, but Dr. Reed founded and created the Saturn Awards. Oh, that's cool. They were originally just horror, sci-fi, um, and fantasy uh, films that they honored. But it's kind of expanded to other genre fiction, oh, and it's cool. like the th- it's like the third most popular award these days for like film and television. But I was reading about him, not not no bit, but it was like on the Saturn Awards page, and they were like, "Oh, about uh, Doctor Reed," and it goes on to say these were his interests. I found this I, I found this kind of humorous. <laughs> Has like personal stuff, like he was into hang gliding and walking Listen, his dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. That's like a normal person. This was Dr. <laughs> Reed. His interests included the Civil War, King Tut, the ordeal of Lizzie Borden, the kidnapping of Charles Lindbergh's baby, the historical events involving the sinking of the Titanic, the life of Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, Calvin Coolidge, world politics, the operettas of Gilbert and Sullivan, Cole Porter, civil liberties, law, and fittingly, film, particularly science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Wow. Kind of all over the place. <laughs> it was. He's like, I want to talk about babies getting kidnapped and murdered. I want... Titanic. I'm very interested in uh, little girls who with an axe kill their uh <laughs> stepmom and dad king tut anybody why not you may have heard tut so I, I just thought that was interesting and then they also said what his favorite horror film was was it something ridiculous no it's not ridiculous it's but, night deadly night too <clears throat> uh his favorite horror film was the mummy oh the boris karloff mummy. okay huh yeah so there's that uh, his favorite film of all time was City Lights, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. Anyway, the rest of the back of the box. Uh, there's a few shots. Uh, so we could trust this guy. This guy's opinion is, yes. I feel like he's Valerie. trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, the back of the box says a few still shots from the movie. And then there's the description of the film, which reads as follows. It's a new night of terror and a new dawn. See what oh, they did there? Oh, clever, clever. <laughs> Now I got to start over, David. <laughs> it's a new night in terror and a new dawn in horror movie making when special effects genius Tom Savini, creator of a spectacularly gruesome makeup on Friday the 13th and Creepshow, brings modern technology to producer George A. Romero's cult classic. Seven strangers are trapped in an isolated farmhouse while cannibalistic zombies, awakened from death by the return of a radioactive space probe, wage a relentless attack, killing and eating everyone in their path. The state-of-the-art special effects and the contemporary twists make this a classic for the 90s. 
graphic, gruesome, and more terrifying than ever. Chilling. I'm so scared. (laughs) I just shit my pants. Hey, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. I'll be taking no questions. Sorry. Okay. Then I have a comment for you (laughs) that will end with a question mark. (laughs) Bring it on. I'm an idiot. And I'll I'll gladly admit it. Like I sometimes I don't pay attention all the all oh, the way. I, th- right I think away. I already know where you're going with this. The space probe thing. <laughs> Did they talk about how the zombies were awakened by the de- uh, return of a radioactive space probe? I don't know, but but when you read it, I was like, huh, is that is that what happened? <laughs> no, that's the same thing. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, because... in fact, I probably just sat here nodding, like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what exactly happened. What happened. <laughs> Granted, it was my first time watching it. I live in a day and age where our attention spans are very all over the place. Like, yeah, I was probably something. scrolling on my phone or reading a toilet magazine. During yeah, that part. exactly. So I could have missed the part, and it maybe probably it on was. the radio or the TV. Maybe they said this is what we think happened, yeah. but it never comes out, and nor is it ever like truly expected to be explained what exactly is going on. Right. Because it doesn't. I believe matter. in the first movie hell had run out of room right no was that well Donna? that's in the second one but I, that's just like something so that, that for they me say. i always i always just assume night dawn and day were the same like incident right yeah happening same. in different places yeah well i guess day is like, like afterwards yeah years and years later yeah dawn and night are kind of more along the same like like maybe a month apart from each other. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Because like everything's kind of going to hell in a handbasket right at the very beginning yeah. of dawn. Yeah. 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 You're probably right. So it's either like maybe like a week or a couple of days after the events. I mean, like, listen, none of that's probably true, <laughs> but that's just in my head. That's what I always thought. Right. I don't know what they're talking about as far as radioactive. Probes. Yeah. That was news to me too. It's uh open. I mean, have you seen, have you seen Night of the Living Dead? It's the same <laughs> the original movie. One? Dude, but you know what? I don't know if you caught this, but like the title card, like right at the very beginning, it says George A. Romero present. Not present. <laughs> I, I was like, George A. Romero present. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is an American film, right? <laughs> well, let me tell you something about these title cards and uh, this credit sequence. And the whole movie, for that matter. Mm -hmm. And take it for however you want to take this to mean. But it felt very much like an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Okay. Yeah, I could see like kind of a TV vibe. Yes. The the way the credits are presented on the screen, it kind of looks... I don't know. There's a difference in quality between... It looks cheap. Yeah. It looks cheap. It does. The music that is used in this movie also sounds like a tales from the crypt score. <laughs> now I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's what I noticed right away. I was like, Hmm, we'll talk more about that when we get to the review. Let's quickly go through yeah. kind of what happened in this movie. Okay. So there's this woman, uh, Barbara and her brother, Johnny, and, uh, that's Bill Mosley. And they're driving to visit their mom who they didn't have really a good relationship with, but they're going to visit her grave. And Barbara, I guess she just, it sounds, and it sounds like Barbara visits her quite a bit and bill or bill Mosley, uh, Johnny oh, has to drive yeah. her because I guess she yeah. doesn't drive or whatever. And he kind of resents that. Like, oh, why do we got to keep coming out here? <laughs> yeah. And he's already doing these like, oh, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Like starts real early. Dude, I mean, so much. And I hate this guy in the original. And I'm sorry, Bill. I hate this guy in this movie, too. <laughs> yes. And his fucking driving gloves. <laughs> That's right. <he> driving gloves. <laughs> now, 
I will say this, like there's a reason for those driving gloves because Bill, uh, Bill Mosley's character, Johnny, he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, he has actually a really cool death, but he dies later on. She sees his body and how we know it's him is the driving gloves. That's true. They serve a purpose. So they do serve a purpose, but I was like, you fucking dick. (laughs) (laughs) I like when they're like, uh, he's doing the, they're coming to get you, bro. He's like, they're horny, Barbara. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking horny ass fucking dead people. (laughs) Um, I just, I just hate that character, but Barbara is also very meek and she's all, Oh, stop it, Johnny. Stop Stop teasing me. Leave me alone. Guy approaches them. He's not dead. He's like a funeral director and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like his head is like it's a good fake out though. Cause when he comes up, like he is uh, kind of staggering, but yeah, he's not yeah. a zombie. Yeah. But he is the result of a zombie trying to attack that guy. Cause then a fucking zombie does come up and we know he's a zombie because he, <laughs> when he comes out or when he turns around, he's like the back of his clothes are like open. So you see his bare ass dude. And it's a hairy ass. That's borderline fur. <laughs> Like, I would have shaved that shit or fucking others. waxed it. We want realism. All right. <laughs> realism. Do you think when he saw it in the theater, he's like, oh shit, this is what my ass looks like. They kept that scene. Goddamn. <laughs> Honey, why don't you tell me? Uh, so Bill, uh, one of the zombie attacks Barbara. So um, Johnny goes to kind of help his sister mm-hmm. out. Um, and he ends up getting his feet tied up with the zombie and he falls and dude, his head hits a tombstone. Oh, it's like, gross. it happens really quick, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It looks gross, but way cool. Awful. And Barbara goes running. She gets into the car. Of course, Johnny had the keys, so she can't go anywhere. And the zombies are coming and the zombies are like, Pounding I mean, on, the, on the windshield and trying to get in. One of in. them grabs a brick. Yeah, crafty little bastard. Yeah, they're not dumb zombies. <laughs> they're using tools and shit. She pops the emergency brake. Fortunately, they were parked on a hill. She pops the emergency brake and she goes rolling down. The car crashes. She gets out. She runs. She finds an abandoned farmhouse. What she thinks is an abandoned farmhouse. There's a couple of zombies in there. Mm-hmm. And when she enters the, you know, she leaves the door open, which is like, if you're being attacked by zombies, wouldn't you shut the door behind you? Okay. Yes. But if you were attacked by one person who had that, would you think that everybody was? Maybe. I don't know. No, I'd, be, I'd be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd probably lock the door anyway, but yeah. Well, I'd at least shut the door so that the things that were chasing me, you know, don't walk through an open doorway. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But hey, you do you, Barbara. Barbara goes through quite the transition in 24 hours, though. She really does. She goes from meek, dumb, don't lock the door to like Barbara, total badass to Rambo Barbara. Yeah. How she gets there is because she has to be forced to fight these zombies and she's by herself. And there's not a lot of dialogue that happens here, but she's just fighting. She's finding various different things in this house. The there's owner, like a hand that falls. That yeah. was kind of cool. Like a severed the hand. Owner of the house is dead. Um, yeah, there's a hand with blood dripping from the from the ceiling. Uh, I think there's another dead person, but all of a sudden Ben shows up. This is Tony Todd's character, and uh, he's the one who's doing all the talking now. And he progresses. Yeah, and he the drives story. up in a truck and just mows down a zombie in the middle of the road. So it's like, yeah. all right, we know yeah, from the start, Barbara. Ben knows what's up, or yeah, he knows something's going on. Yep, and he's uh, he kind of explains to the audience exactly what's going on uh, in this world. He's like. Some shit went down. I was at a diner. And all of a sudden, people started going ape shit. And... Yep. Yeah. 
and he got into a truck and hightailed it out of there, but he doesn't have a lot of gas. And she's like, well, let's just get in your truck and go. And he's like, I don't have enough gas. And who knows where yeah, the fuck like, we're supposed to go. Yeah. We're out. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere, Pennsylvania. I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we should just stay in this house until help mm-hmm. comes. Yeah. And just kind of write it out. Yep. So they start uh, doing various different things. And um, well, and this is also where we start to see Barbara transform a little bit. Because like, she's still very like, oh, oh, oh. And he, and he kind of grabs her and he's like, look, I need yep. you to be like strong mentally and physically. Can you pull it together? And she kind of does like almost immediately. It's like, okay. Yeah, she starts wrapping up some of the dead bodies that she, uh, mm-hmm. zombies that she killed. And they both together, I think, kill a couple zombies with like a crowbar and a fire poker. Yeah, he goes upstairs because she's like, I think something's upstairs because there was some blood dripping, like I had said earlier. And he goes upstairs and he finds like one of the owners of the house or the cousin of one of the guys that's coming up uh, had shot himself in the head. And so uh, he's like, "Uh, everything's fine up here. He's like, I found the shotgun. Yeah, I got the gun. Don't go up there. (laughs) Yeah, because they had saw there was a gun rack. So he's like, there must be a gun around here somewhere. So he finds it and uh, he comes back down and Barbara's like, uh, how did they find him in the they, basement? I think they hear some noise coming and yeah. so like, oh, there's some, there's more, I think they presume that they were zombies. So they start looking around and they find there's people hiding in the cellar. Yeah. And they come up and, and one of them is Harry Cooper and he is a fucking douche. He's a dick. And he's like, listen. We're going to do things my way. And I, I say we all go to the basement. Everybody go down to the basement. We'll be okay. We'll just wait there for the authorities to come. Yeah, we'll hide and be quiet. Like, don't stay upstairs making noise and attracting yeah. these zombies. Harry was kind of right. No, he yeah, he makes some good points. He's just a douchebag. He is a douchebag. But Tony Todd's like, no, we got we to gotta fortify this place up. Uh, we need hammer and nails and doors. And- yeah, we need to fortify this place. Yeah. And Tom, that's the guy that's that was with Harry in the basement, was like, I agree with Ben. We need yep. to st- like stay together and board up the windows. And his girlfriend is Judy Rose. Judy Rose. Judy Rose comes up there. They're supposed to be teenagers, but they look like they're 35. <laughs> um, but Harry's wife, Helen, is downstairs still with their daughter. And their daughter, Sarah, had gotten bitten. Yeah, and she's now and, got a high fever. And no one knows like that. that's how you can become a zombie. So they're all like, oh, your daughter's sick. That yeah. sucks. We need to get her medical help. And they're like, okay, well, it's, we, need, uh, we just need some gasoline. And Tom's like, well, my uncle, this is his place. He has a gas pump out back, but he keeps it locked up. Yeah, we just need so to find the keys. So if we can just keys. find the keys, we yeah, can... Gas uh, up and get the hell out of here. Yeah, and they're like, great, let's look for the keys. So... Helen, ultimately, I'm, I'm going to kind of skip ahead a little sure. bit here because it's a lot of just like zombies boarding up, zombies reaching people, through. People arguing about what to do. <laughs> yeah. I think at one point, uh, Harry like smacks his wife. Oh, yeah. Slaps her around. Of course. And I like uh, when he's like, and so he's like, you bunch of yo-yos. <laughs> <laughs> yo-yos. That'll teach him. <laughs> uh, well, he's a pusshole. Of course, he's going to say yo-yos. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to be like, oh, I wasn't being offensive or anything. I, yeah. well, I didn't curse I didn't at him, you. I didn't call him a motherfucker. Call him a yeah. yo. Helen actually is the one who finds the set of keys. And she's like, I found the keys. And uh, Judy Rose and Tom get into the truck. And, and Ben's like, okay, you guys take the truck up to the gas 
gas thing. I'll follow closely behind. We'll fill it up. We'll come back and get everybody. <laughs> so he's out there fighting off zombies. Boom, boom, boom. And he gets left behind and he's like, just go, just go. Yeah. The truck keeps going because Judy Rose is driving. She doesn't realize that he fell off because I think yeah. is Tom, is that the, the other guy? He's yeah. like, oh, wait, oh, no, we got to go back. But she, yeah, she doesn't hear she it. So they get to the pump. She gets to the pump and Tom's like, I'll just fill up and we'll go back and get him. Yeah. And they can and see so, him coming. Like Ben's running towards him yeah and the zombies aren't that fast no. they might be, be crafty be but they're slow yeah so he's like we got the wrong keys so he's like <laughs> fuck it i'm just gonna shoot the what a dumbass the lock off well he goes to shoot the lock off it sprays gas everywhere which hits uh, a torch that they had to light the way uh-oh the torch catches on fire. The gas catches on fire. The car blows up, and Judy Rose Tom and, Tom and Judy are no Rose more. both instantly dead. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> so they're gone. Ben goes back to the house, and uh, everything's now chaotic because um, Harry, who was back there being a pusshole, has taken the gun away from Barbara. Yeah, he, like wrestles it away from her. And he's like, I gotta do things my way. Meanwhile, Helen went. And he downstairs. starts wasting bullets immediately. Like once he gets a gun, he's just like shooting. It's like, dude, stop! Yeah. Until the point yeah, like he runs out of bullets. Like you dumbass. Yeah, he's an he's an idiot. Oh, and then meanwhile, Helen's downstairs with Sarah, and uh, yeah, Sarah's a zombie now. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sarah, Sarah by Sarah. Now, one thing that I noticed in this version versus the original version is Sarah was like much older. She looked oh. to be about 15, 16 years old. Yeah, she did old. look a little older. In the original, I, I got the feeling that she was like eight. She was a little kid, right? Or nine, 10 maybe. I kind of like having a little kid be the one that turns a zombie right. and like attack somebody rather than a 16-year-old. Should have been a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> Brains. Like, oh, that's a different movie. <laughs> no, no talking. <laughs> Uh, she kills Helen and then she comes up, uh, Sarah comes upstairs and she's going after Harry and, uh, Harry doesn't want to kill her. It's his daughter. Right. But Ben's like, I don't give yeah, a ben fuck. Ben comes <laughs> in and sees it and he's like, eh. So he kills her. Yeah. That just pisses him off. Yep. There's a fight. Um, yeah. Uh, Harry starts shooting at, uh, Ben. He's like, oh fuck. So then like he returns fire. They both shoot each other. I think Harry shoots, uh, Ben in the arm. And yep. then I think he shoots him. I can't remember where, but he gets him too, I think. Yeah, but uh, Harry goes up to the attic. He finds there's an attic door, and he locks himself up in the attic. Ben tells Barbara that she's just got she's got to go do what she's got to do. Yeah, he's like, you need to make a run for it, because he tells her, like, I'm wounded. I'm not going to make it. I'll just slow you down. You need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, and she's like, I don't want to leave without you, because they've become friends now. They've known each other for... Th- 38 minutes and so uh they're like besties and uh he's like no you'll be fine just go you can outrun him go find help and, and so earlier in the movie she had been kind of pleading the whole time like we can outrun the zombies we just need to go like there's no yeah. sense because she was kind of against boarding up and she was against going down to the cellars like we just need to leave yeah. but ben's point was like leave where like where are you well, gonna, they were where gonna, are you gonna go? the original plan was we'll wait for authorities to come right. because someone's got to know that this is happening and they're gonna look for us right but when you live in a fucking farm out in the middle of nowhere oh that's what i was gonna say also is ben's idea when he when they're boarding up they're making tons of fucking noise then they're yelling all the time they're firing guns all the zombies are like uh-huh. Uh-huh. sound it's like be quiet dude so she leaves 
she takes off. I like when she takes off, she finds uh, some zombies eating uh, Judy Rose and Tom, like they're charred oh, corpses. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it's like pulled pork. Yeah, <laughs> delicious. Mm. Mm, pulled pork sounds good. It does. Put that uh, on a hamburger bun. Oh, I love, I love like brisket. Oh yeah, pork. Shit's delicious. God, damn. Mm. All this talk about zombies eating flesh makes, makes me, hungry. me hungry, David, and horny. <laughs> Am I right, Brett? <laughs> yeah, they're coming to get you. <laughs> she calls out to the man on the street. <laughs> Tony Todd, Ben, goes downstairs into the basement. He locks himself down there, and he like lights up a cigarette. He knows that the end is coming yeah, for he's him. Like, he's just trying. Yeah. He turns on the radio, and he hears the authorities saying, just keep yourselves locked in, barricaded in. The authorities will come. And he's like, we've done that. We've done that. You know, he's kind of going delirious as he's mm-hmm. dying. And then there's a key hanging there in the in the, yeah, in the cellar. And it says gas. And he's kind of like, huh. Yeah. Oh, well. He just starts maniacally laughing because <laughs> he's like, this fucking place. God damn it. That's not the end of the movie, though. That would have been a good spot to end it, I thought. But it keeps going. Barbara finds a bunch of hillbillies. Yeah, these yokels got a camp set up, and they're like roasting a pig and shoot torturing zombies. zombies. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of like uh, they got a the food truck. Dead. <laughs> yeah, they do have a yeah. food truck. They're selling concession. They got cigarettes for sale and like <laughs> che- hot Cheetos and <laughs> Snapple. These we people, these people of- move fast. Yeah, they got T-shirts. Yeah, capitalize. <laughs> <laughs> gotta catch those early adopters yep uh but yeah so she she holds up with them because she has to right i mean yeah she has yeah, to join exactly. some kind of group and uh they end up going back to the farmhouse uh as a group and she's like not leading them but she's like one of them now and she's like ramboed out yeah and she's very curious is ben gonna be alive in that house yeah but she uh she sees ben zombified yeah, come up from the basement. He looks at her, uh, and I don't know. It's up to audience interpretation. Do they share a moment? Yeah. Do does they recognize? recognize does he recognize her? I don't know. It doesn't matter because the the yokels shoot him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but then Harry comes down. Harry's fine, and he's like, "Oh, you came back for me to Barbara." And Barbara's <laughs> the only one there. The other yokels are are, are in, in another room. room. Yep. And she just looks at him and shoots him right, yeah, in, the right in the head. He done. He did. Yeah. And then the yokels come back in and she says, uh, there's another one for the fire, which I thought was a cool nod to the original because that's kind of how the first one ends with Except a for very similar line, but it's Ben and Ben's not a zombie. Yep. And because uh, she's all pissed off at Harry, obviously, and that's why she does it. And then she just watches a bunch of bodies burn on the fire. Yep. And that's it. That's the end of Night of the Living Dead 1990. All right. I already expressed some of my Your thoughts grievances. earlier. Well, let me talk about the good. Okay. The good is Tony Todd. Tony Todd's great think, in this movie. I think Tony Todd carries this movie. Yeah. Single-handedly. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I don't know where the movie would have been. But Tony Todd is awesome in the role of Ben. Uh, such a good actor. Brings such good characterization to this film. I also think the special effects... Although limited and yeah. not through any fault of Savini's, because what I read was they cut back on a lot of the stuff that the, he wanted to do. Was it the MPAA or budget or both? I think 
I think it was more MPAA or producers or whatever saying, yeah. So it could have been both, I guess, yeah. because it could have been budgetary reasons, but they were like, we don't want it to be too gory. Yeah, I agree with you. I was hoping for more. And I think Savini was as well. In fact, Savini doesn't really even like this film. Hmm. While he was filming it, George Romero couldn't always be there. And when George Romero wasn't there, the producers that were there were limiting. And he didn't have George Romero in his corner to kind of back kind of him up. His back, yeah. And he also didn't have the clout. Yeah, to... this is his first movie. He's just a yeah. makeup guy. Yep. So I'm not blaming Savini. I think the movie was directed just fine. I mean... How much can you fuck up on a night of the living <laughs> it's dead a zombie remake? Movie for God's sake. And it's and it's a remake. Like it's literally like the same movie. Right. With little changes. Right? Maybe the dialogue and obviously the ending. Very, very similar. I, I, really, other than the ending, it's pretty damn close. Like, I mean, yeah, to your point, there's a couple little scenes that they added or tweaked a little bit, but it's yeah. it's a pretty straightforward remake. Yeah. So the good is the are those two things the bad outweighs the good and the bad is um it's just kind of it's just kind of it's just kind of there there's not really a lot to it there's not a lot of character i mean there is a character development as far as barbara goes but like she that happens quick and i know like in a in a, in a moments of stress we kind of have to adapt to our surroundings so i guess i'm okay with that but i don't think she's kind of a I don't like her character. <laughs> she's not likable. Right from the beginning, she's kind of a whiny little twit. She's kind of like that in the original, too. Yeah, she is. And same um, thing with like the Harry character, who I also despise. I didn't like him in the original either. And you're not supposed to like him, so that means that he did a good job yeah. uh, of acting at that. But everybody else was kind of like, meh. Right. I, 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 didn't, like, I didn't like everybody else. So it was presented itself, like I said, a Tales from the Crypt episode. Or a Tales from the Dark Side, some TV mm-hmm. version of a horror film or a horror story, like because this could have been condensed even shorter than what it was, and just the quality of film was very TV like right. in the late '80s, early '90s, and the music also was very like uninteresting. I feel like someone could take Night of the Living Dead, and well, they have. It's called The, the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see Night of the Living Dead, just watch the first few episodes of The Walking Dead or the first season of The Walking right. Dead because that's what it is. And so uh, for all those reasons, I'm going to give it two Pamela Voorhees heads. Okay. Which the original I gave three to. Oh, okay. Um, I think I give the original what, four? I think four, yeah. That sounds about right. Okay. So my scale is going to be very similar to yours. Uh, I gave this a three. I actually liked oh, wow. it. I think if you haven't seen the original and you just went into this one, I think people would enjoy this movie. The problem that I had is that it, to me, it's just a pointless remake. Like if you've seen the first one, you've already seen this movie and the first one's yeah. the original's better. Well, like I said before, I, I agree that it's pointless, but because of the rights issue, that, George Romero yeah, that wanted, to, wanted to remake this and wanted to do it his way or the way of somebody he trusted yeah. rather than have some... Yeah, I guess I just wish, even with with Romero's blessing, I wish if they had remade it, I I would have liked to have seen them bring more new things to the table. Like, change it up a little bit. Agreed. But, I mean, pretty much follows the exact same blueprint. Mm -hmm. I would have liked something that's more kind of a different spin, but has some winks and nods to the original. Yeah. 
but I think the special effects are pretty good. Uh, I agree. Tony Todd's performance in this is, is really, really good. Everybody else is kind of meh. But overall, I enjoyed it. I, I've seen it a few. It's probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. And I, I will probably watch it again at some point. So I think I, so. that's an overall rating of two and a half. Yeah. Pamela Voorhees heads, which I think if you're interested in watching it and you haven't seen it and you have Hulu, you can watch it streaming there. I would say if you haven't seen it, watch it, but it's not necessary. Right. Especially if you've seen the, uh, the original film. Yeah. I'd say if you're like a Tony Todd fan, watch it. If you're like, I need to watch every movie that Bill Mosley's ever done. Well, this is one. <laughs> this is one of them. <laughs> uh, if you're a Tom Savini fan, uh, maybe you want to watch it as well. But there's really no reason to watch it. David likes it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so whichever swear wolf you like more, go with them, which is probably David. <laughs> oh, so stop. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and watch it. Um, but that's it. I don't know. I don't know. There's not much more to say. No. I'm not upset with the fact that you gave it a three because I'm like, I'm not upset yeah, with you. Just disappointed. I'm not upset with you. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> no, uh, I almost went lower than two, oh, wow. but I was like, dang. Uh, yeah. But I was like, eh, nah, two, Damn, two Gina. seems to be good. What are you going to do? I didn't like it. Yeah. Next time we see Tom Savini at one of these shows, I'm going to go up to him and be like, all right, I have a question for you. You like that movie? You like that movie? What would you give it on a scale of uh, <laughs> zero to five? Zero to five. <laughs> Pamela Voorhees heads. He's all, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Get in this line. <laughs> Just cut Pay that me. person. <laughs> Pay me. If you have any thoughts on Night of the Living Dead or anything else in particular, you can contact us. How can they contact us, David? Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, the Slasher app, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Hive. Uh, search the Swearwolves on those platforms. On Instagram, we are the Swearwolves Podcast. You can go to our website, theswearwolves.com. You can email us at contact at theswearwolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 623-282-1851. So for the Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. And they're coming to get you, David. And they're horny, bread. notebook is pushing buttons on my keyboard oh i hear it i hear the keyboard stay you fucker (laughs) are you ready god damn it she's screwing it again ah stop for the love of christ do i think your house is haunted a gremlin just fell over oh is that what a gremlin action figure you got gremlins in the house do